Hey everybody, welcome back to Fantasy Movie Mashup, and I'm Michael. And I'm Xavier. And today uh, we'll be reviewing, uh, actually I'll be reviewing Hobbs and Shaw, A Fast and Furious Story. <laughs> Disney, is, Disney truly does own everything now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So uh, I went and saw Hobbs and Shaw, uh, I believe it was last week. Um, I'm not going to spoil anything. Um, I think the movie's good. I think it's um, a callback to those 80s and 90s uh, action flicks that uh, really bring in the team-ups. And uh, overall, I I think the, the movie is well worth watching. The Rock did amazing. Uh, the cameo for Kevin uh, uh, with Kevin Hart was a, it was really good. Jason Statham was uh, really good with The Rock. I thought their banter went really well together. Uh, overall, I think Idris Elba did an amazing job. Black Superman. Black Superman. <laughs> um, so overall, I think the movie is a uh, you you have to cue it. You have to cue it, uh, even if you do not want to go to the theaters. I ended up seeing it at IMAX, which I was surprised on how uh, much I liked it in IMAX uh, because you have to pay the little bit extra money uh, to watch an IMAX. It was well worth it. I, I, I'd watch it in IMAX again. I thought the movie overall, because of the way the action is, I think it's... Uh, it's worth watching in a, a higher definition. Well, Mikhail, I think the world would agree with you also. I was looking, uh, I was actually yesterday, I was perusing, because I've been slipping on my, my, my cinema game. Um, and I want to say that globally, the movie's made like $600 million. Like, it's it's killing it. I mean, at this point, The Rock has the Midas touch. Uh, even as like, you know you are doing something right when it does not matter what your Rotten Tomato score is, and you're still racking in the money. Uh, look at The Rock's most recent, like three or four most recent films. Not necessarily the highest Rotten Tomato uh, ranking, but fiscally, like financially, it's just a solid return of investment. It was like Skyscraper, Rampage. Um, yeah, you put The Rock in the movie. You- you get your money back. Like, we want... Like, if everything is cyclical, um, I want to say, like, the like late 90s to, to early 2000s, there was this push towards, like, hyper-realism. Like, the action scenes had to be super realistic. You know, it was the age of Mythbusters. And I feel like now the pendulum is swinging back the other way. And I enjoy it. When it's, a, when it's an action movie, I want larger-than-life stunts. I want... I want to chuckle a little bit on how unbelievable the moves are. And I, I think uh, The Rock is capitalizing on that. And I think more... I, I mean, in all honesty, the Expendables franchise really, I thought, kind of brought that renaissance back into it. Where it just didn't have to make sense. Like, just put in all your favorite action heroes and go to town. I feel like this is what they're doing. They're revamping it. I mean, to think... Um, Fast and the Furious, which was the first DVD I ever purchased 
from that movie to what the franchise is now, um, it's pretty impressive. It's pretty impressive. I mean, the Godfather Vin Diesel, you know, Groot, Iron Giant, he's killing it. I mean, all these guys are racking in profits off of this just just because the Fast and the Furious uh, tag is on there. I always think it's funny because uh, Vin Diesel and The Rock hate each other. They won't even... (laughs) Like, it's hard to get them to film scenes together now. Um, I mean, The Rock made Vin Diesel look overweight in, like, Final Final Fantasy. (laughs) In, like, Fast and the Furious 5, like, the first movie that they tag-teamed when they're in in freaking Brazil and they're fighting each other. Like, Vin Diesel's a big dude. But, I mean, he... The Rock made him look frumpy. It's okay. (laughs) Uh, The Rock made Tyrese cry. (laughs) So there's this whole thing going on because uh, Tyrese is like, uh, he used to be like a R&B singer. Uh, then he got in the Fast and the Furious, uh, the the second movie, and uh, I, guess, I guess Fast and the Furious is all he has. And when The Rock started making his own movies outside of the Fast and the Furious, not inviting the rest of the gang, he was like, "We're supposed to be a family," and started crying on the internet and stuff. It was it was a very <laughs> unique situation. Uh, the Rock was just like, ah, "I'm the Rock, <laughs> I'm doing I, whatever I want." I mean, just got married. I mean, he's he's living his best life. Like the the craziest thing uh, with the with the Rock right now is, will DC ruin the Rock? Because the Rock is supposed to play a character called Black Adam. Which is technically he's a villain. He's he's a villain and a hero, depending on how you look at the story. But DC has basically ruined everybody, but like Jason Momoa, which is like an impossible guy to ruin. So can the Rock also break through with a uh, Black Adam character and? Um, still continue on his normal path. I mean, it could be the very thing that DC needs. Like, I don't, I don't know if, I mean, I'm, I know there are, there are people out there that know exactly what we're talking about or what I'm about to say, but you know, a lot of people remember Iron Man. They remember Iron Man, um, John Favreau, and the beginning of what we know of as the MCU, you know, the, the Marvel comic universe. That's that's all they remember. But no one, rem- very few people, I think, remember all of the garbage Marvel movies that came out beforehand. And when I say garbage, I I don't I don't want to put like, that too heavy handed. Like every Hulk movie. Yeah, like the the Hulk movies beforehand, Ghost Rider. I mean. <laughs> It, Ghost Rider holds a special heart and uh, place in Michael's heart, but it's not like the most cinema gold. Like M- the MC Universe started off, it got a reboot with Iron Man, with uh, Robert Downey Jr., and from there it was magic. It was, I mean, it's just execution and planning. That's not to say that aren't mistakes aren't made. Let's get super relevant right now with Spider Man. Mm. <laughs> but I think The Rock could do that. I mean, he could technically revamp the DC universe and build a character be like 
on top of that. I, I don't know. Like, especially because you, you're getting a good cast going around it. Like, I would love... I I think... I, I want to see a Jason Momoa, uh, uh, The Rock tag team in the DC Universe. I think they would play off very well off of each other. See, I think the... Um because of the character they chose for The Rock, it's gonna be very hard to do that. What the the uh, like the anti-hero? He's not really an anti-hero. Like nine times out of ten, Black Adam's a villain. Yeah, but they're gonna play him as an anti-hero. They're yeah, gonna but go, like, how? they're gonna go the Venom route. But how? Aspect. Like in all honesty, they're it, they're gonna have to revamp the comic books. They're gonna have to revamp a lot of things to actually make that believable. I feel like they'll what they'll do is they'll, they'll justify they'll justify why he had to do what he had to do because I mean no, no but they already justify it already because he's like um, he's a ruler of a country right but they haven't touched that in the in the actual movie franchise uh, if you guys haven't seen uh, Shazam this is uh, Shazam is the introduction of Black Adam so they've mentioned that there was somebody who was given the power of Shazam beforehand. And that person used it for their own self-interest. We don't know what that self-interest is. I mean, um, if you're going to, like, steal a page out of the Marvel playbook, I mean, you could have made Thanos into an anti-hero. Like, I think Avengers Endgame, uh, not Endgame, Avengers Infinity War did a really good job, like, pulling at your heartstrings and kind of seeing where Thanos is coming from. Like, ultimately, um, I don't have the mental fortitude to sacrifice half of the world's population in order to uh, reap balance. Um, but that's not to say that I do not see his logical reasoning. In but I, I feel like Marvel has done that twice, and they did it really well twice. They did that with Thanos... But they also did that in their uh, Netflix television show, the first season of The Daredevil. Like, Kingpin, like, if you watch that show and actually really watch it in depth and you listen to what Kingpin is saying and what he's doing and the reasons why he's doing it, you kind of want to root for Kingpin at the end. Um, so they've done that twice, but it's not an easy thing to do because you have to get an actor that just makes it believable and makes you want to like them even though they're not doing something that is on like a, a normal good guy type role it's true I don't know it, it, it just it really depends it, I mean right now what fit what what plagues DC is their is their execution it's not their concept it's their execution of it oh I agree. Uh, I think their execution is the hardest thing for them, and it's always been their their issue. They're they're plagued by what we we laugh about is uh, they make the best trailers ever, but those trailers encompass every good part of the movie. Yeah, I mean, like it's first first and foremost. Let me go on a tangent on this. I cannot stand trailers nowadays. I've I've almost gone gotten to the point where I just won't watch a trailer, just because a lot of we live in such a like hyper consumption society, 
that I need to know everything humanly possible about a subject before I even decide to invest in something. There's no mystery. That a lot of trailers just give away the entire movie. There's no point. There, Hollywood, there is no point in me spending almost $17 on a movie ticket if you were going to give me the entire movie in two minutes and 30 seconds. It doesn't make sense. Like, it's actually worse. I think it's gotten worse a little bit because some trailers, like, th- think about uh, the upcoming movie, it, uh, the second movie. It, they have a trailer out there that's like seven minutes. But see, and that's that's the interesting topic because when you're talking about trailers, there is an an, an instance where you have to say, okay. Is it a new concept or is it a revamp of a concept? So if it's a revamp of a concept, I can see why you might want to elongate your trailer because I already know what happened, right? I've seen It, the miniseries. And if anybody who doesn't know that It originally was a miniseries and not a movie... But still, seven minutes? Like, I'm guaranteeing there are really good parts that are in that trailer that are slightly ruined because I watched it. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, oh my gosh, before I forget guys, if you want a movie that has a Hitchcock feel to it, um, it's just eerie and has tension, just even watching the trailer and you have no idea what is going on in the trailer, I recommend a movie, and I don't believe it's come out yet, um, the, the studio is A24, they're making a lot of like, I would say like, mid-level like indie films uh, they're obviously gaining some momentum and some traction so they're they're having bigger budgets but it's a movie called i want to say it's like the lighthouse it's got willem dafoe and robert pattinson uh i watched a trailer over the weekend uh, my sister actually introduced it to me and i'm actually super excited uh for this movie um it is it's got like a hitchcock feel but it also has a little bit of um Apocalypse Now, it, it's it's almost like a deep dive in, into insanity, uh, but it's filmed all in black and white, so it's got like that that nostalgic vintage uh, feel to it. Um, but the trailer I thought was perfectly executed. I think it confused you more <laughs> than it gave you any any story, so it made you want to go figure out the mystery. I'm I'm cool with that. I'm cool with being confused with the, with the trailer, as opposed to just telling me everything that's going to happen in it. Um, it's just no point. Like especially if if it's an action movie. If it's an action movie, you're all about the action scenes. If you give me the action scenes in the trailer, you you gave me the action scene in the trailer. Uh, perfect movie that I feel executed this because they up the ante is uh, John Wick Three. Like John Wick Three. The trailer had action scenes in it. If you think that the action scenes in John Wick 3 are all of the action scenes in the movie, you would be grossly mistaken. <laughs> that movie is w- almost one continuous action action, action shot. Like, <laughs> um, no, I agree. Um, speaking of Robert Pattinson, he's going to be Batman. He is going to be Batman. And I'm actually excited for it. And I have a, a Heath Ledger is the one who opened the door. I trash talked Heath Ledger 
so much when he was casted as a Joker. Like, I love Batman. Batman is, like, my all-time. As much as the MC Universe is successful, I really wish that DC could replicate that success just because I, I love Batman. And I gave, he, I gave them such a bad, like, a hard time with the casting of it. And then I watched Dark Knight, and... I said, I said kudos. I, I, I admitted out loud to the universe I was wrong. Like, ever since then, I'm like, you know what? I may not see it, but... Gotta give it a chance. Let me give it a chance. Robert Pattinson is a good actor. If all you ever know about him is Twilight, you are seriously yeah, he underestimating of, him. He has a lot of other good movies. He is a really good, really good movie. Uh, like, he, like, he kills it to me. His best performances are always they're indie films um like he made this one movie recently called the rover so good alongside guy pierce like i think i think actors like shia uh, shia labeouf shia madison like the those actors they don't shine on the big screen they actually shine in these indie films yeah guys like think about it this way i i know i'm not speaking to everybody but to some people Watch like when you are when you are reviewing a movie, there is an actor's ability to act right. How they are able to emote or express their emotions on screen, either verbally, physically, and such. There's also then dialogue and scripting. Dialogue and scripting. If you think that the words are dumb, hokey, fake, superficial, with no substance. That is not the actor's fault. Somebody wrote that for the actor. So I give kudos sometimes when actors are able to make as much magic as possible with horrible script writing. One of my favorites, I mean, and he kills it in the meme world, is Ewan McGregor and Obi-Wan Kenobi. Star Wars 1, 2, and 3, not necessarily the greatest script on the planet, but Obi, uh, Ewan McGregor's ability to to act using the resources that he had was impressive, and he killed it. He like, killed it. Robert Pattinson, I believe, gets a a hard time because the thing he's most known for is Twilight, which had horrible script writing. If you don't believe me, just read the book. The book itself is not written in a complex manner, and it's got one of the probably the worst female protagonist ever i mean she's such so she's so mentally weak it is sad i do not know how women rally around her i think she does it i think the female writer what some stephanie myers does women injustice by writing character like, like she did with uh with bella but uh there's uh cosmopolis is a is another good robert pattinson movie um freaking Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire <laughs> like for the very few dialogue that he had was good um, and then he died Remember Me was so good Remember Me is really if you want a good chick flick uh, you want somebody to cuddle up with um, and, and feel something Remember Me great movie he killed it in that movie so Robert Pattinson I'm down for it um, did you hear who's gonna uh, potentially he's gonna get be? Jacked. Huh? Is he gonna get jacked? I don't know. I think he's gonna go more like the Michael Keaton route. Okay. 
I think that's I the kind I, of. I, I hope he does. Cause I, and I, not Val Kilmer. Yeah. I, I hope so. they don't give him nipples, too. <laughs> I hope, yeah. Suit. Not a Clooney. <laughs> Clooney nipples. Yeah. <laughs> oh. not, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how those movies pan out. You know, they just announced uh, three new uh, shows uh, for uh, for the uh, MCU. Uh, Miss Marvel. Um, and there was two additional shows that they just announced well, as well. Miss, there's uh, the Miss and then, uh, Marvel, Winter, Ca- Falcon and Soldier. No, no, they just announced three brand new ones oh, this weekend. on top of it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're three brand new ones. Uh, and also... Um, Kit Harrington is going to be in the uh, Eternals. Yeah, yeah, he got announced. I think uh, the rumor is that he's going to be playing Black Knight, which is going to be very unique. Yeah, I want him to like. I really that character was just to let you know. Black Knight was part of the Avengers, uh, California. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in the ba- old school, in the back in the comic book days, uh, there was actually a split between the Avengers. There was the Avengers East Coast and the Avengers West Coast. Okay. So you get that uh, East Coast West Coast rivalry, and um, like Hawkeye actually went to the West Coast. Really? Uh, yeah, he wasn't like they split like the main like characters and put them part of it, but then they also had all these side characters. Black Knight was basically he took over like Cap's spot. Really? Uh, yeah, because like Captain was on the East Coast. So Black Knight was like the Captain America of the uh, of the West Coast, kind of. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, you had me at Black Knight. I mean, if 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 he's if he gets on screen on the MCU and just goes and and now my and now my watch begins. I mean, you're gonna <laughs> you have my like. Is he just the Knight's watch? Is he? Is, see, see, my he, head in my head. All I think about is uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. <laughs> so whenever I think of the Black Knight, I was like, is that all you have? It's just a flesh wound. It's just a flesh wound. <laughs> oh, Mandalorian trailer, guys. Um, watch it. It's it's good. I mean, it, it's funny because, like... I love how they have the Stormtrooper uh, helmets on spikes. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's... I mean, they've confirmed... So if you... Again, if you like Iron Man, if you like the beginnings of the MCU, John Favreau is one of the the driving forces of the Mandalorian. And one of the things that I appreciate immensely, and I am not taking away from Boba, is the fact that they've confirmed that Boba will not be featured in I'm this. I'm so We're, glad. Right. I, I am so happy about that. I because you ruin. You ruin shows, especially when it comes to like something that's a group. When you focus too much on a character that was too big, right? Um, by not focusing on like a Boba Fat, you can actually tell the story of their culture right. uh, that they built. And to be honest, in the Star Wars universe, there's so 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 much history with the Mandalorians. Correct. Like so, if for for. Uh, this is deep cut. This is this is where I go into like the deep end a little bit here. Um, so, uh, I mean, Star Wars the the old canon was disavowed by Disney once they acquired it. But um, in part of the canon, you in the old canon, I should say, uh, 
it was discussed or revealed that Boba is actually not a Mandalorian. He is he uses a Mandalorian suit, but that he is not Mandalorian. And for those of you who don't know, like the Mandalorian people, they are the equivalent of the Spartans. Think of an, an entire planet full of Spartans. Now, this is how badass Mandalorians are. Mandalorians distrusted the Jedi Order in the essence of there was no checks and balance. The Mandalorians are the only other people aside from the Sith to wage war against the Jedi. And they're the first people to create what they call the Black Saber. Yeah, like the Dark Saber. So they wielded their own version of a lightsaber successfully. Like the Mandalorians are like... And then... So what ends up happening is post... Post uh, the... Uh, the... Uh, the Clone Wars ending. So the Mandalorians actually were in a civil war. So it's the reason why they weren't part of... Uh, the resistance. They were they were too busy infighting uh, to partake in it, and they've kind of they were out on the wayside. So the Mandalorians, for post the Galactic Empire, they went from Spartans to what the samurai consider Ronin without masters, and they they roamed around the galaxy. And, and that's were, why they got the bounty hunter type of like roles skill. because they were just they were born to wage war. These people were born to be fighters. So what do you do when your society is in disarray and now you have this oppressive regime? Well, you fight for the highest bidder, and that's that's where the Mandalorians and uh, come into play with the bounty hunters. And in this particular show, from the essence that you get. It's it's has a very like wild west feel. It, it definitely has a, a kind of a space cowboy, um, a fistful of dollars, or for a few dollars more, which is one of my favorite all time westerns. I love spaghetti westerns, uh, but for a few dollars more, uh, Clint Eastwood, such a good movie. Uh, it has that feel to it. And with that said, guys. That is the end of this episode. Uh, we'll be back with another episode uh, in the next few days. See you.